0: my heart a little bit with this it's time for us as god's people to stop pointing the finger at everybody else and claim that we are at fault and we need to get right and god here in joel he's speaking to his people and in, in chapter two he's talking about judgment to come he's talking about uh how uh, in chapter two here he says blow ye the trumpet in zion did you find joel it's Daniel, right? Hosea, Joel, and Amos, and then you got back up a little bit, all right? Joel, okay, Joel, Joel, chapter two, and it's believed to be that Joel would be one of the uh, oldest of the minor prophets. Uh, but it says here, "Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain." It's it, what he's about to talk about is judgment to come. He's talking about the antichrist and the armies that gather together to march on Jerusalem. And then we get down to verse 11 and he says, And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? God will have victory. Jesus Christ will win that day. Even though half of Jerusalem will be overtaken... Jesus Christ will come down and put his feet on the Mount of Olives, split it in two, and he'll say, I'm the Christ you rejected, and I'm here to save you. And he will have victory. He will have victory for the Jews there. But notice here, he's talking to his people. Notice verse 12 and 13. Look what he says here. Therefore, also now, saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, And with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. He's talking about this judgment to come when the enemies of of Israel march against them, And he says, but I'm not talking to the enemies, I'm talking to my people tonight. And he said, rend your heart. Turn to me with all your heart. The idea of rending a heart is the mentality of the, the Old Testament Jews and, and that culture, of that Eastern culture in those days. They would rend their garments. At, when they were going through a difficult time, if they were repenting over sin or, or someone had died or something had happened in the family, they would literally outwardly show that, uh, that mourning process and would rend their garments. Whatever was on the outside, they would literally rip it. And then they would take dirt and ashes, I've spoken to you about this before, and sprinkle it on their head and show an outward showing of mourning and and repentance before God. (coughs) And so here he's saying, I don't want you to go through the outward motions. I don't want you to do it on the outside and put your suit on and come to church and look just right. When your heart is cold and away from me. He says rend your heart. It's the the inward man. It's you individually. That I want you to call on me. And I want you to rend your heart. And confess your sin. And mourn for what is in your life right now. He says I'm calling my people to come back home. To come back to me. And rend your heart before me. Shenandoah needs a good dose of that. Your pastor needs a good dose of that. Because we look real good on the outside. Yeah, we ran ran buses on Sunday morning. Yeah, we taught Sunday school on Sunday morning. Sure, we had people out soul winning this week. But how, how many of us truly were seeking God with all our heart, rending ourselves before Him? I'm talking about daily sin confession, saying, God, I am flesh, I am weak, and I am filthy before you, and I need God this week. Instead of in our pride going arr, arr, at everybody else. Amen? Because we're guilty of that, are we not? Man, for decades we've been guilty of that stuff. Instead of taking the beam out of our own eye. Amen? We need God. I don't know about all these other revivals. I don't know about them. I'm not there. I don't know if it's legitimate. I think some people are, are, are real and want that. And, and I, whether everybody there is, maybe they're going after emotion, and maybe it's a crave because all these people are flooding to them. I, I was reading today how this one university that it started at, that was it Asbury or Ashbury or whatever, and, and how they don't have enough room for everybody anymore. And they gotta, they're opening up new places and putting them different places and all this. Well, praise God for it if Jesus Christ is being exalted. Hopefully somebody will get saved out of all this. Maybe somebody will realize that running with the devil in the world ain't worth it, and that they turn to Christ. And maybe once they get in this book, they'll grow a little bit and start learning some standards they need to live by. Amen? But it's not, me to, it's not for me to go out and preach my standards and jam it down their throat. I need to go out and get people saved. So once they get saved, they can grow. Amen? The church house is where you learn all that stuff. Amen? Praise God for it. Hallelujah. Somebody gets... Listen, I am King James and you know that. But if somebody gets saved from reading the NIV and they have faith and get saved, praise God. And then, you know what? We'll teach them what the real word is. Let us not be prideful and, and mean and, and arrogant on this thing. Too often, many of us, are. are we, we, we mean well, but we get mean-spirited in the flesh. And we're driving people away from Christ instead of inviting them in with the love of Christ. Right? You with me? Amen. I'm going to ask you to, to come to prayer with me tonight.